Welcome to KenISD Literacy Leaders and Coaches Network Remote Edition. We are excited to bring you our eighth episode of the LLCN Brief. We appreciate those that are now following us on your preferred podcast outlet and excited to share that we now have 1,100 plus unique listens to our previous seven podcast episodes. These listens come from 15 different countries and 32 different states. We appreciate that you are finding value in the information we are making available for you. Thank you for continuing to share our message with those that you know will benefit from listening. Our LLCN participants have always valued the networking opportunities of our offerings. This year, in our podcast, we've added the opportunity to reflect upon and dialogue about our topics through scheduled Twitter chats. Two weeks after each new podcast launch, we connect with listeners via an hour-long evening Twitter chat to further process the topic and the learning. My name is Sarah Shoemaker. I'm an early literacy coach at Kent Intermediate School District. And I'm Mark Raffler. I'm an educational consultant at Kent Intermediate School District. Vocabulary. I'm sure when you hear this word, it immediately has your mind wandering in many directions. You are probably thinking of its role in early literacy as one of the big ideas of reading. The term also shows up in the language of the literacy essentials at all grade levels, pre-K through 12. We know in science and mathematics, we need to use precise vocabulary to comprehend the concepts of these disciplines. We also know how important vocabulary is in helping all learners make meaning and glean context in texts they are reading and analyzing. Of course, this is not an exhaustive list. With all of these different ways in which vocabulary can impact instruction, we are sure you are wondering where to begin. In this episode, we will spend some time learning about vocabulary instruction. Today, our guest, Dr. Tanya Wright, author of the book, A Teacher's Guide to Vocabulary Development Across the Day, joins the podcast to assist us in exploring the topic of vocabulary. All right, joining us today is Dr. Tanya Wright. Uh, she's an associate professor of language and literacy in the Department of Teacher Education at Michigan State University. She's a former kindergarten teacher whose research and teaching focus is on curriculum and instruction in language literacy during the early childhood and elementary years. Tanya's research examines instructional practices that promote oral language, vocabulary, and knowledge development for young children. We're excited to be here with you today, Tanya. Thanks for joining us. Thanks for having me. Dr. Wright, we've been reading your book, A Teacher's Guide to Vocabulary Development Across the Day. And early on in your book, you discuss the idea of vocabulary knowledge and what it means to truly know a word. Tell us more about the types of vocabulary knowledge and what we need to keep in mind as we think about vocabulary learning. So most importantly, when you think about knowing the meaning of a word, it's usually that you can use it, right? As a speaker, as a writer, and you can understand it in oral language when somebody is talking to you, or maybe when you read it in a text. That's the kind of knowing of a word that we're interested in for young children. Can they use it to read, write, speak, listen, and learn? So that's a little different to sometimes what we think about for vocabulary, vocabulary instruction, which is just knowing the dictionary definition. In fact, that may not actually be helpful 
as far as being able to, to use the word in meaningful ways. And that's because word meaning is not just a memorized definition, right? Word meaning is knowing a lot of information about a word. So for example, you might know informal explanation of the word's meaning in everyday words, not in dictionary words. You might know other words with the same meaning. So something like that being fatigued and weary mean tired, or that energized and lively and refreshed mean not tired. We might know other things like discipline-specific meanings of a word. For example, the idea that a plot in literature, uh, which is the storyline, means something different to a plot in geography, for example, which might be a, a part of land, or a plot in history, like overflowing, you know, a plot to overthrow a, a monarch or something like that, right? So overall, there's a lot to know about word meanings well beyond just a memorized definition. And all of that knowledge helps kids to use that word in meaningful ways in school and beyond. So listening to you talk about this, it's really about the meaningful use of words in interchangeable contexts, knowing that word not for rote memorization or or a weekly vocabulary test, but being able to understand the context in which to use it and which not to use it, both in speaking, reading, writing, listening, and, and just conversation. I think that is actually what this book is about and what I usually talk about for vocabulary. So I really try to push against the idea that vocabulary is something to be memorized, or we should have, you know, five words that you have to memorize every day, or that it's some sort of worksheet, uh, or write out the definition, or write a sentence for every single word, right? Those are kind of rote ways that vocabulary has typically been supported in school. Oh, flashcards, that's another one that I'm sure we'll talk some more about. But those are the kind of rote ways that we've thought about vocabulary in school often, or the experiences we had as learners in school. But that's not really realistic to language development and learning in real life. When we think about the words that we learn, uh, really just from infancy and beyond, they're the words that are, are meaningful and useful. So if we want kids to learn words in school, it's going to be much more helpful if they learn words that are meaningful and useful and we find ways to make vocabulary, vocabulary learning part of all of the learning that we do at school. Thank you for that insight and for helping us to think differently about vocabulary. All right, Tanya, thanks. I, uh really was moved when you spoke of learning vocabulary in school and beyond. But what about all the flashcards I made in school? I still remember some of those words. We know that random word learning just doesn't stick. What should we do to make vocabulary learning stick in our classrooms and homes? So you said you still remember some of the words from flashcards uh, for, from school, which is not surprising, right? We can, you know, flashcard our way into memorize something, particularly for short-term learning. Uh, and sometimes a little bit of that will stick longer term. But it's not a particularly good way, maybe, to learn word meanings, particularly if we think about how people learn words. So I'm going to kind of back up, say a little bit about how we learn new words, and then think through why flashcards may not be the most effective instructional method for supporting uh, word learning, besides the fact that, you know, it's just not 
that fun to flashcard yourself all the time. But let's really think about word learning. So how do we learn new words? We learn new words through repeated exposure to words in meaningful contexts. So what do I mean? I mean that you encounter the word multiple times associated with some information about about its meaning that is useful to you. Let's think about flashcards. Well, you know, having someone or doing it to yourself, you know, wave a card with some information in front of you, that's not particularly meaningful. There's not something that you can connect that to that provides you with some meaning that that you're going to really hold on to. We learn words that are relevant and useful. Okay, so a random list of flashcard words may or may not be relevant or useful. Let's compare that to something like you're learning really something interesting in science uh, and you're trying to understand those those ideas or what's going on or how the world works and there are words associated that that you need with that that you need to use to talk about what you're doing um, you're much more likely to hold on to the words that are useful to talk about what you're actually doing uh, and actually interested in and we learn words when we have opportunities for active processing so what does that mean that means that we can think or talk about those words. So again, if you're flashcarding yourself, you're probably not thinking or talking about the meaning of words. All in all, it just doesn't really align uh, as an instructional method with how people learn words. And so it's probably not the most effective or most efficient compared to integrating vocabulary learning into all of the other learning that's happening across the day. So into interactive read-alouds, into content area learning, into your kids' own uh, reading and writing. Those are going to be much more meaningful. They're going to provide natural opportunities for repeated exposure. They're going to be relevant and useful to kids, and kids are going to naturally get some of the active processing they need to do to retain the words. Yeah, I Appreciate that step back in explaining how we learn. Uh, I think that creates a perspective then to realize that, yeah, there are different ways that we can go and approach vocabulary, but we need to realize that some are more effective and to give those meaningful opportunities. And I appreciate you listing some of that different criteria uh, for consideration that was going to help those words, as we were saying, stick with us for a longer duration of time. Dr. Wright, there are so many content area vocabulary lists in our school curriculum. How do I determine which words to teach? Should I be choosing these tiered words or terms for my read aloud in addition to words in all of my curricular programs? That's a really good question. And I'm going to break it up into two separate parts. The first is there are a lot of words to teach. Should I teach them? And my answer to that is always yes. There's a lot of words to know. Part of what I talk about in my book is that we really have to be ambitious about this and be thinking about teaching vocabulary across the day. So in all the parts of the day, during read-alouds, during all the content areas, during kids' own reading and writing. So vocabulary is not a 10-minute thing to do one time in the day. It's an all-the-time thing to do because there are words kids are going to need to know uh, as part of their learning and as readers, writers, speakers, and listeners across everything they do. So yeah, vocabulary learning has to happen a lot and it has to be quite ambitious. How do you pick words to teach? Well, I think you mentioned uh, interactive read-alouds. So we certainly want to make sure that kids understand 
words that come up during interactive read-alouds. And we also want to select some words from interactive read-alouds that we think are important because kids are going to use them beyond the read-aloud. We also want to think about word learning across all the content areas. And for this, again, we're thinking about what are kids learning? What am I trying to teach? What do I want them to understand? And what are the words they're going to need to use to engage in the learning around this content in the classroom? So which words will children need to know to meet content area standards? Are there important words that are particular to this topic? Which words will children need to know to engage in the learning of a particular unit? Uh, are there important words that are not listed in my curriculum materials? Sometimes curriculum materials list four or five kind of random words sort of connected to what you're doing, but they're not enough to help kids uh, talk through their ideas and share their thinking. Are there words with specialized meanings in the discipline? So we talked a little bit about plot earlier as an example of a word that has a lot of meanings, different meanings in different disciplines. So uh, to plot a, a point in math on a graph is really different to a plot in history, is different to the plot or storyline in literature. So that's a good example. But there are many words that have discipline-specific meanings where kids are going to be confused if they're thinking about a meaning from another context. Which words will kids need to know to discuss new concepts, new ideas um, that maybe they didn't have a word for before because they didn't know it? Are there important words that are used again and again in this particular content area? I think of when we talk to kids about science and we say observe. Well, when we're talk telling a child to observe in science, we mean something a little different than observe in everyday language, which often just means to look at. Are there sets of read-alouds associated with what you're learning and particular words that are coming up in those read-alouds? Are there words that I should review to make sure all the children in the classroom are included in the learning and nobody is excluded because I'm making assumptions that children know what that word means? So a great example that's come up in my work was we've used the word amount with kids. Let's look at the amount of cloud cover in the sky, for example. But maybe we've talked about clouds, but we forgot to make sure that everybody knew what we meant by the word amount. So we really want to uh, explain word meanings and support kids' word learning as a way of, of including in the learning. We never want a child to not feel like they can participate because they don't understand the meaning of a word in a read aloud or the meaning of a word we're saying or what we're asking them to do. So there's so many ways to think about the words to teach. And my recommendation is really to make an ambitious list for yourself as a teacher, not to tell the kids to memorize that list, but for the teacher to have a sense of the words that kids are going to need to learn and know, um, and then to introduce those as they come up in meaningful ways in your uh, curriculum. And by as they come up, I don't mean just if they happen to come up. I mean, really think through where is this word going to be most helpful and meaningful to kids when they're starting to talk about particular ideas or with associated with a particular book? And can I introduce this word at a very meaningful time period and then encourage children to use the word as learners? Wow, the ambitious effort um, to think differently about vocabulary, to say that this is not vocabulary time, but to make sure vocabulary time is ongoing, is continuous throughout the day, that terms that we might take for granted, we help to 
uh, review to provide access for students, all students, to the learning. I, I love the way that you said, use the standards and the curriculum and the text sets as your guide. Create the list for yourself, but not necessarily for the students, and be very intentional about introducing those words in meaningful contexts, given the opportunity for repeated use and um, understanding. Yeah, sometimes what we see in classrooms is, you know, teachers take all the words for a unit on the first day of the unit and put them on a word wall and then make assumptions that the kids will somehow know those words or connect those words to meaningful ideas. And I would like to just say that's not a thing, right? I mean, just sticking words on a wall doesn't make kids uh, use them as learners, as thinkers, as talkers, as writers. What we really need to do is bring those words in, know which words we want to teach, of course, because we want to help kids have lots of words to express their ideas, but really uh, bring those words in, in those meaningful contexts at times where kids can connect the words to the ideas they're talking about, to the books they're reading, to the things that they want to say and the ideas that they want to express. You know, I've seen this happen again and again, then you're going to see kids using some amazing words. uh, And it's quite impressive, very young children, because they take a hold of them and, and it's meaningful and useful to them. And their vocabulary explodes, right? I mean, explodes. Yes. How exciting. Thank you. Okay. With this question, I know it's one that's going to come from many of our listeners. How do we assess vocabulary knowledge when there are so many other assessments we're already conducting in the classroom? First of all, if we're thinking about vocabulary in the way that I've been describing, so we're thinking about kids using words as a reader, as a listener, as a speaker, as a writer, and as a learner, we don't really need additional vocabulary assessments or tests. Let's just think about what we could come up with as a vocabulary test. Match the word to the definition. Okay, well, that doesn't really capture can kids use the word in meaningful ways right? So the only way we're really going to know if kids use the word in meaningful ways is to observe them doing meaningful things. So does the child understand the word when it comes up in a text? Does the child use the word as they're discussing their ideas? Can the child incorporate the word in their writing, even if not initially when encouraged to do it? You know, do you know a special word that we learned for that or in their conversation? So in my mind, uh, if you as a teacher have a list of words that you think you want kids to know, what you should be doing is observing for them using those words. A kind of easy way to do that is to have a checklist, the words that you want kids to know down one side, the kids' names on the other side. And if you observe them using them, you know, just check it off or write the date. Uh, If there's a word that you never hear anybody using, that's a great word to review and bring back into the ideas of the classroom. If there's a child who never uses any of the vocabulary words or you never notice or observe, that's a great child to go have a little chit chat with and maybe talk to them directly and see if they know or can use those words. But overall, I think if we consider word meanings and vocabulary to be part of everything we do, you know, we'd spend all day testing kids uh, on all those words. Uh, That would be unreasonable. So I think the thing to do is to really uh, attempt to capture this just in the ongoing 
naturalistic use of those words in in the discussions, in writing, in reading, uh, in the learning that's going on in the classroom. Great. I appreciate that. I so the idea of observing that use in context, observing that use in practice, maybe just observing just a normal use as the students are interacting and just hitting that idea of no need for that additional assessment. But in the same regard, you still offered some different ideas on how to accomplish observing that. So I think that will be very useful and some and some good ideas that our listeners will be able to take away from to, to tackle this topic that always seems to come up. Dr. Wright, we have referred to your book, A Teacher's Guide to Vocabulary Development Across a Day, throughout this podcast. If we're looking for other resources, what would you recommend us exploring to support vocabulary instruction? So I'm going to share some resources that I have been lucky enough to be part of making that I think are particularly useful for our Michigan teachers. Some of those are essential instructional practices, documents, and modules. For free, if you look up online uh, the Michigan Essential Instructional Practices, what you'll find uh, are documents with ideas that inc- uh, for literacy uh, instruction for really students of all ages, but including the same young children who are part of my book. So sort of K-3 Uh, There's a document for K-3. And uh, if you look carefully at Essentials 2 and 7 in particular, they focus a lot on vocabulary. And there are also free modules that teachers can click on to learn more about these ideas. So Essential 2 focuses particularly on interactive read-alouds, but includes ideas about vocabulary and interactive read-alouds, and Essential 7 focuses on knowledge and vocabulary development. So I think those are wonderful resources, and they're not books, so there's something a little different, right? You can watch them, the modules, and click through them to learn a little bit more. Another resource set of resources that I have made with my colleagues at MSU are some science materials that purposefully integrate literacy and language development. And these are also free. They're called Solid Start, and they're available at solidstart.msu.edu. And these sort of take the ideas about vocabulary development in the content areas that are included in this book and bring them to life in actual curriculum materials for kids. These materials are also wonderful because they align with all of our science standards as well. Um, And they are there for K2. And you can just download and use them. Those are some other open access materials that teachers can use to learn a little bit more about how vocabulary instruction in content area learning might look in ways that are aligned with some of the ideas that we're talking about today. Thank you for sharing those resources. We have long um, championed the literacyessentials.org resources for our listeners in the state of Michigan, but they're accessible to anybody, even if they're not in the state of Michigan. And there are great videos there that demonstrate teachers using these vocabulary essentials with their students. And then if they're looking for more, there's also that embedded curriculum science materials with lesson plans that would show the use of vocabulary in instruction instead of as a separate entity. So thank you, Dr. Wright, for 
reminding us of those resources today. Yeah, I forgot to mention the videos associated with the Literacy Essentials. And uh, I had the wonderful opportunity to visit lots of classrooms in Michigan with the video team and see so many wonderful teachers sharing videos of their instruction. So definitely check those out as well. They're wonderful examples specifically for vocabulary about how this might look across the day in real Michigan classrooms. Additionally, I loved the videos that are part of your book from the Heinemann that the bonus videos in there as well. So lots of tools for teachers to dig in and see what this looks like or sounds like if they're working on vocabulary instruction in their classroom. Yep. All of the videos, the book videos, the essentials videos, they're so much fun to make. We just get to hang out in classrooms uh, and watch this all come to life. Well, we've asked some questions and appreciate all the expertise that you've offered. As we conclude the interview, What have we not asked that is important to highlight here? Okay, well, some of the ideas you probably have asked or have come across in some of what I've shared, but I think what I'll do is just highlight some ideas that I think are really important about vocabulary development and supporting vocabulary development across the day in the classroom. So I think one key idea that hopefully you heard a lot of times during our conversation today, is that we want to be supporting vocabulary development across the day of school. So during read-alouds, content area learning, reading instruction, and writing instruction, um, but really across the day. So there's this idea that we're going to take 10 minutes or 15 minutes to just you know, drill vocabulary is not really aligned with language development, where we really think about that we learn vocabulary through conversations, new words when we read, and of course, new words when we learn new things. So anytime you learn something new, there are going to be new words associated with those ideas and and that content. Even in not school-based learning, right? If you want to learn to garden, um, you're going to learn the names of plants like hydrangea, and you're going to learn the names of tools like gardening shears. So whenever we learn new things, we learn new words, which suggests we really want to be supporting kids' word learning across the day integrated into learning and not supplemental. Again, it's not something you do for five minutes or five words a day. I mean, you can do those things. Uh, It's not going to break kids' brains, but that's not going to be enough. Uh, If we really think about all the words there are to learn associated with all the content kids learn in school over the years, we really want to consider the words they're going to need to, to discuss ideas and to read and write about ideas that they're learning. Over time, so you don't learn a word because a teacher tells you the meaning once or because you look it up in the dictionary once. We learn words over time as we continue to use them and we gain more and more of that word meaning information as we continue to engage with using the word. So we might know a meaning in one context, but then we still have to learn it in another context because there's a a different meaning. Or we might know the word in oral language, but then we need to learn Uh, how to write it down. So spelling or orthographic knowledge, right? Or we might have seen it in a book, but we don't actually know how to say it or pronounce it. So that's going to be something new to learn. So there's a lot to learn about words. And so we really need to consider this over time, over the grade levels all the time. I think in school, it's really important to focus on supporting participation and inclusion in the right now texts and learning of school. Word or not knowing the meaning of word can be a barrier 
for participation, for understanding the meaning of a text, for engaging in a discussion. Uh, And that's just not okay. We really need to focus on what are kids learning? What are we trying to support kids in comprehending, understanding? And do kids know the meanings of words that are going to help with that? Uh, And over time, if we're doing that all the time, over time, across the day, integrated into learning, that's going to be a lot of word meanings that kids are going to learn. A couple of things we didn't talk about today that are in the book and you can read more about are introducing strategies for independent word learning. So what do kids do when they're reading and they encounter a word that they don't know the meaning of and how can we support kids to figure out those meanings or have some things that they can do to help themselves as learners when a word meaning might be causing challenges for their comprehension, particularly when they're reading texts independently. So thinking about vocabulary strategies. And then also something we didn't talk about that, again, you can read more about, uh, is teaching children about words and how words and our language works. Sometimes just having some information, some of this sort of metalinguistic knowledge about language really makes a difference, such as when you tell children, sometimes words can have different meanings in different contexts. Or sometimes words in English might be related to words you might know in another language that you speak or that you speak at home. So having that information about how language works can help kids to sort of help themselves figure out when they don't understand and that it might be that's something to do with vocabulary and then what they might be able to do about it, particularly if there's not uh, an adult right there to help or it's not a group activity if it's something they're doing independently. So a lot to think about about vocabulary, a lot to think about about how important words and word meanings are for supporting the overall learning in the classroom and really creating a classroom environment where kids are interested in word learning, understand that words are important, feel like it's possible to try new and hard words out in discussions or in their writing. So for example, even if I can't spell the word, but I kind of know it, can I try to write it or use it in my writing? And that that's the environment, the classroom environment is going to be supportive of that. So just so much to think about vocabulary as an all the time part of our classroom communities and our classroom culture. Yeah, I appreciate your summary of uh, succinct big ideas around vocabulary and how to best deliver instruction in vocabulary. I think that's going to be very helpful for our listeners process through the podcast to have you narrow it down to those pieces. I also like you highlighting that it's what that we're looking to deliver the instruction around that gets back to intentional that I think we've discussed throughout. And then you threw in a piece there about the engagement, right? So the students are a part of it. They're active. They're involved. They're a piece of it. And then those key additional points of consideration around vocabulary that you do include in your book, which again, we've said it before, but we'll say it again, vocabulary development across the day is a very easy read, uh, easy to follow, makes sense, and it makes it very transferable to our use in the classroom. And I know this is topic of vocabulary overall is something our listeners have been asking a lot of questions around throughout the years of Literacy Leadership and uh, Coaches Network. So this will be very helpful for them to take and move forward with. So we appreciate your time today that you've taken out to provide us with a lot of guidance and new information and reiterating information that I think we've heard before so we can move best forward with the students that we're working with. And I would just end by saying, 
you know, start with one new thing. It, it can feel a little bit overwhelming to really, once you start to shift your mindset to think about this as across the day and all the time, well, then it feels like an over, maybe an overwhelming thing to do. So I would say pick one unit in content area and start planning for how you might engage kids in vocabulary learning across that unit. Pick a few read-alouds and start to integrate the vocabulary instruction and some opportunities for active processing in those read-alouds. Start small, but if you do a few of these things on a regular basis, you know, one unit, once you've done with that one, you can move on to the next unit. And I would also say it's great to plan for vocabulary instruction with colleagues with grade level colleagues, with colleagues in your school community, and help one another. So maybe one teacher plans the vocabulary instruction around one interactive read aloud, and one does the planning for another, and then you share your plans. So start with something, and I have a feeling that once you start with something, you're going to see kids' engagement and participation and how much they learn, and it's going to grow and grow. Thank you, Dr. Wright. I think my big takeaway from this short conversation with you today, I, I jotted in my notes twice during our time together, the word access. And I would encourage all of our listeners to use that word as a basis for thinking about vocabulary instead of that overwhelming feeling about what what's the next unit I need to plan for, thinking about access to curriculum and learning for students. And that just really stands out to me. So thank you for sharing that today. Sure. And I totally agree. If you start to think about vocabulary as a way to include children in the learning of the classroom, include all children in the learning of the classroom, then then you really feel like uh, it's something you, you're going to want to do. Uh, it's really important. Thank you for joining us for this LLCN brief today. We appreciate our guest, Dr. Tanya Wright. Thank you for sharing your insight into vocabulary learning. If you're looking to access the resources from today's podcast episode, please visit our electronic document, LLCN 2122 resources at bit.ly forward slash LLCN resources 2122. That's bit ly forward slash capital L capital L capital C capital N lowercase resources 2122. We look forward to connecting with you again in the near future. Also, we're looking for your suggestions on topics as well as questions you may have related to literacy. Please take the time to let us know what you want to learn more about through the Google form. bit.ly forward slash LLCN topics. Again, that's bit.ly forward slash capital L, capital L, capital C, capital N topics, all lowercase. Thank you for listening today.